0: This is Rocky Mountain Cold Cases. I'm Rachel and that's Adam.
1: I'm Adam and that is Rachel.
0: And I'm pretty sure that all of our chickens are laying eggs again.
1: I think they are. I think so, yeah.
0: Maybe one isn't. It? It's hard to tell when four of them lay the same colored eggs.
1: You know, and it's super interesting be- that you, like, mentioned the egg stuff because I feel like this year there's been a lot of conspiracies behind, like, eggs not laying or laying or not laying or whatever their
0: eggs not laying
1: yeah like i mean chicken's not laying <laughs> <laughs> anyway chicken's not laying eggs and a lot of people have been trying to blame the food industry and all of this and the government and whatever and i think i'm not saying not to maybe think that because it's always good to be speculative of like what the government's doing and question that they're doing <laughs> i'm not going down that rabbit hole but what i'm saying is it's it's super interesting because, you know, there's key things that likely haven't been happening with this winter. I know here in Utah, it's been super rough, probably one of the worst winters we've had. Yeah,
0: we're near a record and, for this winter.
1: And uh, I think just kind of basing it off of that a little bit, you know, you have to think that if things are harsh and not comfortable for your chickens, they're probably not going to be laying like normal.
0: Well, and, and when, I, when we first got chickens, I was looking it up and it said it's not uncommon for certain breeds to not lay during the winter. And so people, you know, what do you mean your chickens aren't laying? And I'm like, they're not that kind of breed. Because we did have two that laid all winter, yeah. but the rest of them didn't. And we feed them, you know, just the regular stuff from Tractor Supply and then a bunch of treats. They get like cracked corn and raisins and oatmeal and all that stuff, but they're doing good. Yeah. They're chunky monkeys. I
1: feel like that our egg production kind of increased a little bit when we would let them out. But anyway, what I was saying is like when you let them out of the coop or whatever and they're able to free range, they can find like a little bit of uh, things that they're looking for. Yeah. And then also like they're getting more sunlight because they're not underneath yeah. the roof.
0: Well, are you ready for my fun fact?
1: Yeah, I'm ready for it.
0: Okay, so this comes from out of Norway. And the website I'm using is vice.com. The headline for this is someone has been shitting in the holes of a golf club course for 10 years. For 10 years? <laughs> for 10 years.
1: That is so weird.
0: So uh, beginning in 2005, um, somebody has been pooping in the holes at Stavenger Golf Club. And nobody knows who it is. So this is this is kind of old. Like this article is from 2017. So I don't know if he's still pooping in the holes, but he did for several years. So
1: did they ever find out who this person was?
0: So on the the website, it has some like facts about the pooper. So do we know that the person's gender? This is not 100%, but the assumption is that it is a man. Quote, because the poos are too massive to be from a woman. Unquote.
1: Is that a thing? I don't think that... that, I don't know. I haven't compared
0: poos with other people.
1: Hey, women have petite type, like, scat. We
0: we have lady poos. And then it says, does he have a favorite hole in which to shit? And it says he has a couple of favorite holes. Uh, He poos only on weekdays. On weekends, they've never found a poo on the golf course. Only on weekends? Only on weekdays.
1: All weekdays. Oh.
0: Has the club done anything to counteract this pooping menace? Yes. The club installed high-powered spotlights to discourage the defecation, but the poop trader traitor poop-a-traitor,
1: <laughs>
0: dis- uh, disabled them. He disabled the, the spotlights.
1: <laughs> so is it a maintenance man? Like <laughs> They don't know. <laughs> um, it's like one of their own employees.
0: Like he lit- It says he climbed tree branches to get these spotlights and turn them off. Really? Wow. Does anyone have any theories or possible motives? Our idea is that it could be from someone who, for unknown reasons, hates the game of golf. Alternatively, the person may have a fetish or suffer from mental problems, said the course's managing director. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, Is there perhaps some beautiful imagery about the whole pooing on a golf course for a decade thing? in the morning, in the early morning dew, we observed bicycle tracks on the course. Footsteps showed he had done this bi- his business, and the bicycle tracks disappeared back the way they came. They don't know who did it. He did it for 10 years.
1: And he's, he's still doing it.
0: I couldn't find a newer article to see if he's still doing it. He, I mean, he did it for 10 years. He, if
1: he's done it for 10 years and he hasn't got caught, I would stop. Because if, I mean, if it was me, honestly, for one, I probably wouldn't do it. Two. Uh, it's just funny because you've gotten away with it this far, like, let it go and let it be like, Oh,
0: he was letting it go. (laughs) No.
1: No, he was. But I mean, at this point, like get away with it well before you get like prosecuted and whatever else. So I don't know.
0: I, I just love that he was doing it in the first place. I think that's hilarious. And you wouldn't really know until you're by the hole and either see it or your ball goes in and then you're like, mm, I don't think I want that ball anymore. It's covered in poop.
1: It, it, Well, yeah. So here, this is an interesting thing, though. But I feel like maybe this person had either been overcharged or had some kind of like vendetta
0: against. He the- held a grudge for 10 years.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe they, I don't know. I mean,
0: he would have to have quite the poop schedule because he did it when nobody was there. So before the the club was open, he's very regular. He gets his fiber.
1: Well, did he do it like weekly on a weekly basis? It
0: it doesn't say, but I would assume several times a week. I mean, they tried to catch him with spotlights and he climbed up trees and turned them off. I know, but. And then pooped.
1: I, I just don't see myself taking and going to the golf course to, to to find a hole to poop three times in a week.
0: Okay, but, like, why would you go one time a week to poop in it in the first place? Why would you poop in it at all? I would like to know who it is because I think it's funny.
1: Well, I mean, it probably was a pretty nice view.
0: It really probably was, yeah. Yepity yep. All right, are you ready for my case?
1: I think so.
0: All right. This time we're in Idaho. Idaho, Boise, Idaho.
1: Oh wow. Hmm.
0: Um, this one is uh, about Jeremy Carl Burt.
1: Jeremy Carl Burt.
0: Yep. So this happened um in 2007.
1: Oh okay. We're so wrong. Jeremy
0: Carl Burt was living in Boise, Idaho, with his father Van, his three-year-old daughter, and his ex-wife Kim. Jeremy did have the ex another ex-wife he met while in the Navy in Japan. And when they returned to the States, the marriage began to unravel and she eventually left back to Japan, but they did not get an official divorce.
1: So she's from, from Japan. Yeah. A native from Japan.
0: Yeah. And then he brought her over. The things didn't go well. So she went back to Japan
1: and now she's got citizenship. No. Oh, okay.
0: She's in Japan. She's in Japan. Okay. (laughs) When Jeremy and Kim wanted to get married, they needed to get the divorce to the ex-wife official. The divorce lawyer they found was named Jeannie. Jeremy and Jeannie became close and entered into a romantic relationship. Despite spending more and more time with Jeannie, Jeremy did follow through with marrying Kim, who was pregnant at the time with a planned pregnancy. Kim eventually kicked Jeremy out, and within a year of marriage, they divorced. Jeremy stayed an active parent in his daughter's life, and shortly before Jeremy went missing, he and Kim were dating each other again.
1: That was a little hard for like what, yeah. Why is that hard? Okay, well, it wasn't hard, I guess, but it there was just a lot of characters in this already. Three, wait, who went back to Japan?
0: His ex wife, we don't know her name.
1: Okay, yeah, so the four characters
0: you literally need to know about her so you know why they needed to find Genie. Got it, she's only there so you understand why they needed Genie. All right, all right, <laughs> wow, and that's our podcast. Bye, guys. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, all right. Okay, so on February 11th, 2007, Kim is out of town on a business trip in Vegas, and Jeremy had just returned home with his daughter after visiting some family. He called Kim and talked to her for a short bit, and then his mom called around 10 p.m., and he talked to her for a bit. According to Jeremy's dad, Van, who again lives with him, Jeremy then got on a computer for a little while, then left to meet up with a friend named Greg to discuss plans to elk hunt. Greg, however... Never saw Jeremy that night. Greg was already in bed and had missed a call from Jeremy. When he tried to call him back the next day, Jeremy didn't answer.
1: Weird. But it was for, they were going to meet up for to plan elk hunt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They were big into hunting. Nice. He even brought a brand new compound bow for the hunt.
1: Oh, they're going to do the archeries.
0: Yeah. Once morning came around, Jeremy had not returned home. His father thought maybe Jeremy went to a party and spent the night somewhere else, so he originally wasn't too worried. Once night came again, Van began to wonder if Jeremy actually left to spend time in the woods, a place he really enjoyed being, to take a break and get away for a bit. Kim, meanwhile, was at her hotel, and Jeremy had called her. When she answered, it hung up immediately. When she called back, it went straight to voicemail.
1: We just want to take a moment to thank our awesome listeners for being here, for being a listener. And if you've been here for a little bit and would like to show your support for our podcast, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you're listening. Somehow, some way, show your support. With that said, if you would not mind giving and sharing this out with a friend or family member, we would be super grateful. With that said, let's get back to the episode.
0: Kim, meanwhile, was at her hotel and Jeremy had called her. When she answered, it hung up immediately. When she called back, it went straight to voicemail.
1: That's interesting.
0: Two PM the next day, so this would be three days after he left his house to see Greg, Kim received a text from Jeremy that said, quote, we need to talk, unquote.
1: Oh wow, this is like the last this <laughs> is like the last or ep- er, um Yeah. Yeah. Literally, we had this discussion about like the whole, we need to talk. I have something to tell you. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She texted back around 5 p.m. because she's been in work conferences. And the replies that followed, followed were unsettling. They said things like, quote, goodbye. I'm leaving. Have a good life. Unquote. Which were red flags for her since it was so uncharacteristic.
1: He went to Japan.
0: Oh, my gosh. That would... That would be funny.
1: I, I would if everything, and that's oh what gosh. I do. <laughs> he went
0: back to Japan for his first love. I don't know. So she texted him back to try to get clarification and texted several more messages back and forth. She began to wonder if it was really him texting. So she called him several times, and it kept going to voicemail. She was so suspicious that she eventually texted, quote, Is this even you? Unquote. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. Kim called Van to tell him what was happening and Van was confused by the whole thing as it was uncharacteristic of Jeremy. Kim then reached out to David, Jeremy's cousin and best friend. David also thought the messages were strange.
1: No, I mean, that is super strange. Like, you don't be like, oh, I have a lot to tell you and all this stuff. And then, yeah.
0: And then just refuse to answer your phone. Yeah. Three days after he goes missing... No one is able to get a hold of him and he is not responding to messages. When Kim gets back to Boise, she discovers that Jeremy left in her car rather than his. She called police and filed a missing persons report on February 17th. She also had the car reported as stolen so that it could maybe be found faster as the plates would be run based off of the car description. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, um, but I'm confused in the fact that they were going to go discuss an elk hunt
0: And he never showed up?
1: Well, in February. Right? Dude, I
0: don't know. I don't know what's going on in Boise.
1: Well, okay, but anyway.
0: Hmm. (laughs) Okay. At this point, Kim was starting to believe that Jeremy really did leave on his own, and police didn't start an official investigation yet because of this. In the home, everything Jeremy owned was still there. He hadn't taken anything of value with him, including his daughter. His daughter's just chilling there. Huh. Huh. A week after the missing person's case was filed, detectives began to look into the case. Jeremy's family came down to Boise to help in the search. When police questioned family members about anyone in Jeremy's life that should be a person of interest, Jeannie was mentioned, the lawyer he had the hookup with.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: In 2003, while still married to Kim, Jeremy was also still seeing Jeannie. Jeannie, however, was arrested. For what? She was charged with forgery for forging a judge's signature in a child custody case, as well as a few other charges
1: involving Jeremy. Uh, no, just a child custody. Yes, it's just wow, wow.
0: Yeah, she pled not guilty, but she had told the truth to Jeremy. Jeremy wanted to ensure Jeannie was held accountable for the crimes by recording their conversations. Because of those recordings, she was convicted of her crimes and spent a year in jail.
1: Like he blackmailed her or like...
0: No, he did not blackmail her. He just
1: he just wanted her to... Be,
0: she did the crime. She's lying to the judge and everybody saying, no, I didn't do these. But she's going around being like, Jeremy, this is what I did. And she did all these things. So he started recording the conversations and gave it to police for evidence.
1: Oh. So he, he just... He helped get her locked up. He didn't up. blackmail her. But no. he just Yeah. He just straight yeah. up was like, you know what? You need to go to jail. Yeah. Okay.
0: So when she was released, Jeremy and Jeannie began seeing each other again, but he did eventually tell her to stay away from him.
1: Hmm. So she was maybe like attractive, but probably like crazy, crazy. And he was like, you're attractive, but get away from me. the
0: crazy scales getting too high. Yeah. You're not that hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes.
0: So it back, we're going back to 2007. So in May of 07, 100 miles South of Boise, The car Jeremy had taken was found totally burned out in the desert. The license plates were missing, but they were able to find out it was Kim's car from the VIN number. Okay, when I was typing this, I was like, VIN number? That sounds normal to me, but it's vehicle identification number. So I said vehicle identification number number, which then made me think of Schitt's Creek. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when
0: they're trying to get money out of David's account and he can't remember his PIN number and his dad keeps saying, it's just PIN. And he's like, yeah, I'm getting to do my PIN number. And he's like, it's not PIN number, it's just PIN. And they just had this whole <laughs> argument about it. And so I had the same argument with VIN uh, number in my head. That's so funny. Yeah. So.
1: so many people have not ever thought about that. They're like, yeah, what's your PIN number? Or put your PIN number in or your VIN number. Yeah. And, it's, and it's, no, it's just your VIN.
0: Yeah, put in your PIN. Yeah, we grabbed your VIN.
1: That's funny. So I went vehicle on a mental identification journey. identification number. Yes, yeah, so I
0: said vehicle identification number number. <laughs> and I'm sticking with it. That's funny. Once the car was found, police investigated the car and searched a three-mile radius around the car to look for any clues. When reviewing Jeremy's bank account, there were only two transactions that happened the night of his disappearance. One was at a gas station 40 miles away. The cell phone records show that the calls were made during the time Jeremy was missing. Most calls were made to his own cell phone to check his voicemails. There was one seven-minute call on his call log to a payphone. So all the other calls were really short, basically to his own voicemail. And then this weird random one had a payphone for seven minutes.
1: Seven minutes?
0: Yeah. So they don't even know if Jeremy was the one calling the payphone. And if he was, who was he calling? And if it wasn't him, who was calling and who were they trying to reach?
1: Yeah, that's so weird. That's That's the weirdest thing ever.
0: I don't know about the weirdest thing ever. I mean, have you seen gravity?
1: <laughs> like the movie gravity? No, I
0: mean like the actual like gravity things fall on your head. That's, that's weird. <laughs>
1: all right. All yeah. right. Fair enough. I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> Jeannie was given a polygraph test, but police have not released the results. She denies she had anything to do with Jeremy's disappearance. She lied before. Or was it revenge?
1: She, well, she lied before and now and jeremy like had to record conversations yeah and so here she is going hey i didn't do it you said she took a polygraph test too yeah and if anyone remembers any of our earlier episodes or maybe it was the first one i don't know and we talked about the polygraph test they're not accurate at all
0: oh my gosh you listened to me don't give me that look yeah <laughs> i did <laughs> i remember stuff sometimes <laughs> When is spring break?
1: The first week of April.
0: Wow. You've asked me that almost every day for a few weeks.
1: Yeah, I'm just reminding myself.
0: (laughs) All right. She claims that she hadn't seen him for months before he disappeared. Van, on the other hand, said that they had been in contact before Jeremy disappeared. The end. Really? Yeah, that's the end. There's no updates. (laughs)
1: What? Yeah, I did not. I did not expect you to end it like that. What
0: do you want me to do if there's nothing else to say? There's nothing else (laughs) to say. I mean, there's nothing
1: else to say. The end of the book. Like, and I'm not upset with you about it. You're upset with me? No, no. I'm not. I'm just surprised that that's how that it's. That's it. That's what they got. Oh, did you see the episode I sent you? Did you look at that? Oh, I
0: haven't looked at it yet. I still have it, but I haven't looked at it yet. Oh my gosh. I just remembered too. There is, I tried to watch it, but you have to pay for it. And I didn't want to pay for it. There is a show out now, like a documentary on the Amber Alert. Remember we covered it? Yeah. There's a whole thing on it now. And I wanted to watch it and see if any of the information was different or like updated or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to pay for it. So I didn't, but anybody else that wants to pay for it, I can't remember what it's called, but you could probably just Google it.
1: Yeah, or you could send us like money and we can pay for it and watch it. Anyway, um worth that. Yeah, feel free to like reach us at Rocky Mountain cold cases at gmail.com to send us any information you have on cold cases within the Rocky Mountains or maybe even anywhere in the States. But the point is we're trying to cover ones in the Rocky Mountains. Um aside from that, give us a rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and where else you can find a place to give us a rating. <laughs> I was like, where are we? I don't know. Um, we're probably on iHeartRadio and yeah, podcast. I don't know. Some, some other stuff. We're on a lot. But with that said, I don't know if I'm ending this right now. Um, but
0: <laughs> I can tell you. You're not sure if you want to end it right now or not.
1: Anyway. So no. Anyway. Well, things- if you
0: have information on who the Norwegian poo pooer oh, is, funny. I actually do want to know.
1: Or if Jeremy went to Japan,
0: or if Jeremy's in Japan,
1: <laughs> and Uh no, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Uh, again, subscribe to the podcast, give us a rating, and share this with a friend that would find it
0: interesting, like a best friend.
1: Yes, I think that's all I've got. So.
0: You're pretty rambling right now. Oh, I think we're done. Okay, bye.
1: <laughs> all right, bye.